Hello, welcome to our podcast today on giving permission. If you are tuning in, you have likely been the end user of a consent experience. You've likely been asked in some form or fashion to agree to a privacy policy or have allowed apps you use on your phone to know certain things about you. Today, we're going to dive into how we feel about these consent experiences and we'll be sharing a few ideas that take a different approach to asking permission from our users. My name is Carrie Winfrey. I'm joined by my co-host, Tiffany Robertson, and we're excited to get our conversation started today. Yes, hello, thank you, Carrie. So I am thrilled today to be on this podcast, and I'm excited that we are joined today by Tawanda and Moritz. Um, each one of these individuals plays a profound role within the work that we do, and they're instrumental um, in allowing us to just connect with communities around the world. Often, uh, the work that we do takes us to places that are um, not close by. And so traveling isn't always feasible. So we rely heavily on the support and knowledge of local trusted partners like Moritz and Tawanda. And um, they are trusted within the community and with us. And that is vital to our work. And especially when we're engaging with communities in the internet freedom space, trust is just also such a core aspect of asking someone for permission. So we're excited to have them on the podcast, um, and I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves. So let's begin. Moritz, could you tell us a little bit just about the communities you work with and your role? Okay, no, I'm, I, I just wanted to raise my hand and say I'm, I'm here. <laughs> uh, so thank you for uh, inviting us and uh, or inviting me and um, uh, allow me to tell a little bit about the realities uh, I face in the work I do. Uh, I am based in Colombia in the southeastern part of the country in a, a department where there's a enormous uh, rural community and where the armed conflict um, still continues uh, and threats and killings of human rights defenders are among the highest of the country and um, I do my work um, as the representative of a Belgian organization uh, which is called Broederlijk Dele and we work on collective security uh, of these communities uh, with a component of uh, both uh, digital security but also physical um, spiritual measures and uh, well-being and uh, thank you again yes thank you so much and for the work that you do to wanda will you please tell us a little bit about your community and the work you do uh, thank you, uh, Tiffany and Carrie, for this. And uh, thank you, obviously, for inviting me to be part of uh, this podcast. Uh, as I said, uh, my name is Tawanda, and uh, I I am the co-founder and uh, a cool title called uh, Geek in Chief of uh, the Digital Society of Africa. And uh, well, what we do uh, is that uh, we f focus on a on several things, but all evolving in terms of uh, working with people at risk. Uh, we do uh, uh, 
uh, like trainings, uh, which is a, a domestic type of, of security. Uh, then we also um, uh, do accompaniment of uh, these types of organizations uh, f uh, to taking them from the point of realization that uh, they are at risk, uh, implementing strategies and uh, ma making sure that they're resilient both on and offline. Uh, we, we don't just work in Zimbabwe. Uh, we work in the region, and uh, so far I think we've covered about eight uh, African countries where we are now creating a network of technologists that support all the, the people that are around uh, in Africa. So in general, that's uh, what we do, and I'm really excited uh, to be part of this uh, podcast today. Wonderful. Thank you both. In your work with the communities that you work with um, and with the people, um, you both mentioned you work with individuals, human rights defenders, activists that are at risk or considered at risk. How, how, what role does the mobile phone play into the work that you're doing on the ground and that the activists and human rights defenders you're doing? How much does the mobile phone play into that work? Uh, I'll give it a shot. Um, so basically, the most of the people I work with uh, don't have a computer to start off with. And then a lot of the communities don't have access to internet either. And sometimes they don't even have access to uh, cell phone coverage. So um, there is a very strong relationship between uh, being in a risk situation and not being able to communicate among members of the community to inform on specific risk situations that might be occurring in, in the territory. And also to get the information out and ask uh, for assistance, for example, from other human rights organizations or um, state agencies or other actors that, that could help uh, protect or improve the situation of the communities involved. So basically, um, and also within the context of, the, uh, of this pandemic in which we uh, find ourselves, almost all the communication with the communities is through cell phone, uh, where I've been discovering that you can have group calls through your cell phone, uh, which has been what I find most um, accessible for the people uh, I work with. So even a WhatsApp call is for a lot of people difficult because their data is, uh, they don't have any data left or uh, there is no uh, 3G network where they are. Um, so yeah, definitely a cell phone is, is uh, one of the main um means communities and people from the communities use to communicate among themselves and also with others outside of their communities. Yeah, I totally agree with uh, with Moritz there. Uh, both you find that uh, in our context as well, um, I think uh, most of the people that we work with, uh, the mobile phone is actually the one that uh, they use 90% of the time. Or, or maybe I can actually re rephrase that to say the people that actually do the actual work at the grassroots level, uh, they use their mobile devices 
more uh, than uh, the one who just does maybe general reporting will be at the office. So yes, um, yes, I do also concur with the issues of uh, the data costs, uh, the internet uh, like coverages, but I also think that uh, well, well, one of the things that, that maybe we are lucky about in terms of the people that we work with is that uh, in, in the areas that they do cover, you know, they 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 have at least got some form of um of internet uh, um like coverage if not you know we we have uh, tried that to make sure that uh, we we use tools uh, maybe the otk you know where someone can actually uh, capture w whatever is happening um using their phone then when they are now back into the city you know they can synchronize back into their their, their local uh, or, or maybe their hosted uh, type of um, of of database uh, but definitely i think 90% of the people that we work with uh, rely highly on their um, mobile phone yes thank you and what type of apps do you typically are you typically using when you're communicating? Um, Moritz, you had mentioned WhatsApp is one that you use commonly, um, though there are challenges with having enough data. Um, yeah, what are some others that you use or that are kind of key? Yeah, so so I think one of the most interesting experiences here to um, to mention with uh, the use of mobile phones and and access is is communities building their own infrastructure. Uh, I think very inspired by experiences uh, like Alter Mundi from Argentina or Rizomatica from Mexico, where um, communities put up their own towers and then uh, start to have their in intranetworks, uh, so their internal networks, or even uh, have their own uh, cell phone um, project uh, and, and uh, being the community, the provider of, of uh, the service of cell phone use within the community. Um, so I think one very, so yeah, most of the people use uh, WhatsApp. <laughs> I think that is definitely the, um, the tool that most people use to uh, rapidly share information to others outside of the community. And then, um, there is a growing group of people that is using Signal as well, being aware of uh, the risks of, of WhatsApp. There is a huge history or a very long history of illegal and legal interceptions of communications by Colombian authorities, uh, the military, intelligence services of human rights defenders, of, uh, opposition politicians or, or political opposition, sorry. Uh, journalists so there's a there's a there's a strong awareness of um, the possibility to intercept communications so that's why some of the communication goes through signal and then in this um, community networks uh, that there's a little bit of experimentation with the riot for example which I think is very uh, interesting uh, although I uh, we we just started that process, and then um, in in the context of of COVID, I think uh, there's a lot of Zoom. Although people are also aware of all the risks implied with uh, with Zoom, so there's also more and more people moving to Jitsi. Uh, so it's um, it's a little bit this this uh, balance between 
because you always need another user as well that uses the same application as you use. Uh, so I think WhatsApp, everybody has it. And then often it, it's being included in um, mobile phone packages. So at least even if you don't pay, you have some access to WhatsApp. Um, but then there's a growing group of users as well within the human rights uh, community that's using other applications that offer uh, a better security. Yeah. And Tawanda, do you see similarities um, yes. in your context with the type of things you're using? Yes, uh, definitely. I do see uh, uh, some uh, uh, places where we are similar. Uh, you find that I think the common apps uh, that are being used here uh, uh, WhatsApp, uh, simply because it's actually cheaper. Because here in uh, Zimbabwe, in most of uh, the countries that we actually work with, also uh, service providers, you know, they they give uh, 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 like bundled, you know, type of, of of packages. So it's it's way cheaper for someone to buy a WhatsApp bundle, which can be monthly or weekly. You know, both can maybe equate to one US dollar. And uh, you you have unlimited use of uh, your your WhatsApp, so you find that the the majority of uh, these communities that we work with, uh, that's actually their first line of communication. But obviously, um, wa wa once uh, they've seen also the 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 seriousness or maybe the sensitivity of um, of the information that they're sharing, that's when you find that uh, most of uh, them that can afford now. Uh, the issues of uh, of data, they also now implement the use of uh, signal and wire, which are the most uh, like common. Uh, uh, the, the the use of basic uh, uh, like SMS or blank uh, uh, like calls is not really a thing uh, with people that we work with because uh, the laws here uh, do support that uh, the government can always be spying on you you know so that's why i find that most of the activists uh really don't use open or the, or channels that uh, are not encrypted hence the the use of uh signal and wire yes so we're here to talk about giving permission and data and the type of things that these apps know about us so you guys tawanda and Morty both spoke to this awareness of, well, we know our communications could be intercepted. So people are leaning toward using more secure tools if if they can do that, if their friends are using it and if they can afford to do that. Um, we, we also know that like within WhatsApp, for example, there's a certain amount of information that WhatsApp knows about you um, versus Signal, there's a certain amount of information Signal knows about you. And both of these companies have, and organizations have privacy policies and share fairly openly what it is that they know. Um, what we've observed in our experiences using these apps as well, though, is that um, you're often kind of presented with this screen <laughs> that says, maybe there's a title and some subtext and a big button that says, I agree. And, the, and a link to like read, learn more in our privacy policy here. Um, but oftentimes 
you say, I agree, like, let me in. I'm trying to, I'm trying to connect with my family and friends. I want to use this. Um, and privacy policies are often kind of skipped over. Um, in my experience and what I've observed in talking with um, various people, um, I'm curious and just th- in thinking about what apps know about us, if you were to consider WhatsApp, what do you think they know about you? So, so maybe I can start off again and then in the next one, Tawanda goes first because otherwise it's me all the time first. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> or maybe you want to give it a shot, Tawanda. Go, go for it and then I'll do Okay, next. cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, like Morris has always been, you know, uh, uh, like like a bully to me, you know. So anyway, it's okay, Morris. It's okay. <laughs> but anyway, thanks. Um, so, so, uh, Definitely, you know, uh, you know, the amount of information that I know that, uh, like, WhatsApp knows about me, it's a lot, you know. Uh, like, definitely, especially if uh, you have linked uh, uh, your WhatsApp with uh, your Facebook and your Facebook with your Instagram and stuff like that, you know, it it becomes like a whole data trail, you know, and. Um, and I uh, usually using uh, the same number on uh, different uh, types of registrations uh, with uh, with AI. I think uh, definitely, you know, they know much about uh, me in terms of my my personal uh, uh, life records, depending on the amount of information that I've shared out. But uh, in terms of my communication, at least I know that uh, between uh, myself and Moritz, if we're chatting, at least you know my 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 communication is to some degree uh, encrypted. Well, why I say it's to 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 uh, to add some degree? Yes, uh, they've put uh, like end end encryption. Yes, and uh, there, there was this whole debate, you know, saying that they used the signal technology etc. Uh, and uh, there was no real person who then actually then uh, like verified that. I think that was the last. I heard about it. So that's why you then find people are more concerned about, okay, let me use, you know, something that is open source. At least someone in the community can strongly then say, guys, this is the application to use because it actually does what it does. So uh, in short, I can say, yes, WhatsApp knows much, but to what degree I actually don't know per se, but I know that if I've used the same number, on my WhatsApp, and my Facebook registration, and and my Instagram, then I share a lot of things. Then obviously, these guys know a ton of things about me. Moritz, what does that? What's what does WhatsApp know about you? <laughs> no, I just wanna uh, add to what Tawanda just said. That uh, for me, when I ever, whenever I have a training on on like the differences, there's always this uh, like one of the. Um, arguments i use is that uh, whatsapp is a company uh, that's after profit and it's uh, obliging the rules of the countries where they provide their services and uh, i'm i was very shocked uh, after seeing the amount of requests by the colombian government to uh, whatsapp about uh, certain people and uh, as a company they um, often cooperate with uh, 
at least the Colombian government and I suppose the US government and other governments around the world in, in giving or handing out this information. And uh, where I always feel a little uh, trapped with uh, WhatsApp versus Signal. I don't, I, I'm not a coder, I don't read code, but uh, I know I trust in the people they do so. So when it's open software and other people say this is, uh, you can trust this, <laughs> then I then I think I can do. So with Signal, that's it's um, as you said, it's uh, it's open software. And with WhatsApp, I have no clue if they have a backdoor to uh, the messages I write or the conversations I have. So I, I there's always this feeling of I don't know so I I don't feel secure and then um, they have so much information already just from the metadata of the people I communicate with so um, maybe they don't have access to my they say they don't have access to my direct conversations although I'm not sure if they don't do so because <laughs> I do I, I, I think they do because it's on their server <laughs> um, but um, yeah, they, they have so much information on me anyway, uh, which uh, can be used in so many different ways. No, and as a company, they sell it to the to the com to other companies that are interested in it, uh, such as Cambridge Analytics, and uh, they can do a lot of stuff with it as well. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't go for WhatsApp. Wow. On the contrary, let's take Signal as an open source tool, encrypted tool for communicating. What do you think they know about you? So uh, they do it. They do a lot of stuff on us as well. So basically, I think the metadata. Uh, there's always this. Um, there's this. So one thing is that it's not connected to other accounts, uh, so what uh, Tawana said. No? So WhatsApp uh, belongs to Facebook and uh, I think Instagram as well, I'm not sure. But uh, at least Facebook and then they can combine those data. Signal uh, doesn't do so. Uh, and I don't have to, I can register uh, not with my cell phone number, but with uh, a name, which also disconnects my signal account uh, from my cell phone number which also gives me some sort of privacy and then uh, they do storage uh, metadata on who i talk to and uh, when i connect i suppose also for their own uh, analysis but um, yeah i i always um, I, I think there was this discussion. I'm not sure now if I'm inventing this, but I, I think they have this contractual thing in uh, what you just said, when, like when you accept the terms of uh, agreement, where they say they will try to protect your data as much as possible, or they or they try to store it as, as less as possible, still um, following the, the, the laws in the US where their servers are based. Um, so I think um, it's a little more secure, but there's still 
information they can store that can be used uh, in against human rights defenders, no? Especially since they have to comply with uh, U.S. law. And then uh, in the case of Colombia, Colombia is a very good ally of the U.S. Uh, in Latin America. So, uh, and there's U.S. military forces in Colombia. And uh, there's, there's this... Uh, yeah, working together between the U.S. and, and Colombian intelligence services, so it's it's fairly easy for Colombian militaries or Colombia uh, intelligence services to have access to to that information if um, the U.S. government would require that from, for example, Sigma. So I do feel that there is still some uh, risk there as well. Tawanda, what do you think Signal knows about you? I think, uh, okay, uh, I, I, I'm liking the questions, uh, like Carrie, uh, because uh, they're making me think a bit, you know, and uh, I think um, Signal knows less. Uh, why? Because uh, I've, got an, I've got the option of making sure that on registration, I disassociate my personal life uh, from from the platform that is being given by Signal, you know, by by this I'm just si si simply saying um, I can use just my name or just an email address on registration, and uh, now that then removes you know the issues of the number, just as uh, what Morris has said. But also, I think also uh, it's it's actually the comfort of knowing that the community, uh, which is the internet um, like freedom uh, type of community. Uh, is there, you know, for us to then say, okay, guys, we can actually go and and question signal. You know, signal is like a what is signal is like a signal away. You know, in terms of uh, like messaging, you you can actually reach them and say, okay, guys, what do you what do you have on me in terms of the communication that I have? So I think well, what then uh, it, it goes down to it's it's merely me being more confident to say I've got more control on what signal is uh, is 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 knowing about me. If I feel that they know too much, I can go to the internet society or or, or like community and say, guys, we need to talk to signal. I think they are getting too much of our information, and that can be changed, you know, because they are a, a community driven. Um, uh, uh, like company, unlike uh, WhatsApp. So I think uh, they know less, uh, but uh, definitely they know something. Yeah, that's a good um, point to bring up as well with Signal specifically being a community-driven um, project and app that you do, yeah, while with WhatsApp you may feel like you are totally out of control, um, there's at least some sense of having some advocating power. Um, and contribution back to to Signal, an open source tool that is has been uh, come out of our community. And thinking about all of this, I, it, in the beginning of the podcast, you know, I, I said let's explore how this makes us feel. And I think um, Moritz and Chwana both you brought up like this not uh, feeling of you know not being in control or not having control. Um, so. There's also this notion of 
open source apps and the transparency of them and feeling like, you know, if someone says you can, if, if the app developer, someone you know that knows the app developer says you can trust it, there's more uh, kind of likelihood within yourself of, yes, I, I trust this and I actually, I actually feel comfortable. Um, we've spoken with, we work on a handful of open source apps. Um, we also, through this work, have spoken with a handful of teams working on open source apps. And we've been talking with them about measurement and what it is, what what do they actually know about their users, right? Um, and yeah, what do they know and what would they like to know? Um, one of the themes that we've seen is that many teams don't know anything um, in, in an effort to respect people's privacy and provide a tool that is secure. Uh, it's an area where they just don't go. Like, we don't know anything and, um, and we, don't, <laughs> we don't know anything, right? So this comes with a lot of, this is great in some ways um, because they don't have data on their users. Therefore, if the government were to come with them and say, hand this over, Duh, I have nothing. I have nothing to give you. Um, they find themselves in that position. Um, the other side of it, and this is what we observe for ourselves as well, is that um, we don't have great ways to measure impact or effectiveness. Um, there are, we have opportunities to do focus groups and to do um, focus work with communities, which you, you have both been involved in um, kind of running these types of focus groups for us, which has been wonderful. And we get so much good um, feedback in doing that. Um, but when we look at, at a global scale and want to see, well, how many users do we actually have? Or like how many people are actually using the app on a regular basis? Um, or like where where is our app failing people? Like we actually don't know where people get stuck. Um, and we, we in, in many cases, we don't have metrics that tell us that information. And with the Clean Insights project, we're, we're working to break into that. So we're working into exploring how can we do this? How can we provide code that allows people to measure some things about their users, to be able to know if they're effective, to be able to know how the app should be improved, like to know where we're causing people headaches if that's what we're doing or to know how satisfied people are. Um, but that's that's the work that we're cracking into with Clean Insights. And I will say overall, um, just looping back to working with at-risk users and making sure that privacy and security is at the forefront of this, um, within the Clean Insights project and methodology, it's important to consider the threat model. Um, it's important to consider the fact that you have data could be toxic. How are you protecting that and keeping it safe? What data do you actually have? Um, you know, we've talked about models where you openly expose all the data that you have. So it's, it's displayed in a way that it isn't exposing anyone to any risk at all. Like it's aggregated, it's anonymous and um, we have nothing to hide. Like it's fully transparent. Um, so in this, we also have an opportunity to think differently about consent um, or how we ask permission, right? So um, 
we don't have to follow like standard traditional patterns necessarily. Um, and we actually have a lot of in thinking about, well, we're just going to collect one piece of data. Um, we have some freedom and leverage about how we ask people for that. We can put time-based constraints on how long we collect data, for example, um, or say we just we just really want to know about this this thing for this amount of time. Or maybe you you know you run into an error, like you try to upload a video and it's taking forever and it ends up failing. There's information that we could could measure to understand what is actually going wrong. Like in a lot of cases, there could be four different things that cause that error. Um, I know on a lot of projects we work on, um, we don't always know. We're like, well, it could be this, this, or this, but we don't actually know, and we're not logging any data at that point. So there's there are opportunities like that where it's like, we could just log a little bit of information, and it would really help us understand what's going wrong or how we could make that better. Um, the question I want to pose to you, Tawana and Moritz, is um, if you were to step back and just think about consent and people asking for mission permission to collect data on you. What is important to you in, in that experience? Um, thanks, uh, thanks, Carrie. Uh, I think, I think uh, you your, your explanation um, and uh, the thought process behind this uh, has now made me think again. Uh, and, and I don't know if I'm allowed to bounce back in, I, I turned the question to, to you as well. Uh, but the idea of open source um, was ideally, okay, from my perspective and the people that we support uh, is that uh, we are not going to uh, be giving information unnecessarily, you know, to the, to the developer of that uh, uh, like product, for example, an app. Uh, there's no issue in terms of uh, me saying, okay, they have collected this amount of information. You know, that was really the main selling point of uh, of uh, of of moving away from these company-owned, you know, type of of of, of applications. You know, so uh, I really thought that okay, uh, that is actually the biggest advantage of open source, you know, where we say, okay, uh, they do not collect as much information or they've got zero information about you. That was actually the point. According to me, you know, that's exactly the point. And um, uh, when I now uh, yeah. get to understand that, okay, an open source is now requesting to collect information about me, you know, the issue is that the metadata, okay, I... I'm taking it for, from a simple uh, point, you know, one pinch of information or one inch of information that you get about Tawanda can be linked somewhere if someone really digs deeper, you know, and uh, uh, maybe I'm on this group and I'm saying, okay, the, we don't need this. It's not a matter of being really explicit of uh, what type of information that uh, is being collected by that app. But still, you know, that uncertainty and just knowing that this app is collecting uh, some level of information then brings now the question that we always question the other apps to say, are they only taking that? 
you know and it the, now the level of effort of um, the developers in the internet uh, um, the community to really convince people to say okay this is this is actually what it's just connecting is now intensifying hence the cascading effect is that the, the trainers now really need to explain it explicitly to their trainees who then in turn are going to go and explain that again to their what to their to their um, um, uh, like communities so I'm really worried, uh, I have to be honest, you know, when I'm now uh, being uh, told or being asked through an open source project that is going to collect some information about me. Why focus groups and, um, and, uh, and, uh, and, um, and um, uh, those uh, interviews did work was there was always the issues of also consent. You know, some of them say, okay, I'm going to come, I'm going to share with you my experience about this. And uh, we'll do that. And the the person will actually feel like, okay, there's no digital record or there's no link with my phone and that app, you know, that, that I'm using. So I, I, I'm really at a cash 22, you know, type of thing. It's a, like a chicken and egg. I do understand why they would want to to know more about what the app is doing. But I thought that the purpose of them actually building that app is for them not to know much about how the people are actually using the app. That's just my thoughts. Yes. Thank you for sharing. I will say... Uh, I also have a hyper awareness of this from a from the starting point of okay we've there's this notion that we don't collect we don't know anything about you that's like a core value in many privacy preserving and open source apps but now if you say well we want to know some things <laughs> you know just asking that question or introducing that idea I feel could put people on a little bit of alert like, as you had mentioned, Tawanda, well, what else do you know? Or like, what else do you want to know? If I give you this, what else are you going to want to know? Um, so it's so important in this. I mean, this is one of the key reasons why we have you guys on this podcast today. Um, but it's so important to involve people in this. And I think also to keep in mind and Yes, keep in mind what is is absolutely necessary, and if it even makes sense to do within uh, within certain apps. Um, Moritz, from your perspective, how would uh, how how would you the community people and and yourself tolerate or respond to this notion of this open source privacy preserving app has never known anything about me and now they want to know something. They want to yeah, measure So, so I think um, there's there's two aspects that come in mind. So one would be like what is the specific purpose? And I think that has to be super clear because sometimes data is just collected and then it's then afterwards uh it's being analyzed and 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 but i, th I think it's important to know like what what specific components of my information or, or what specific information has uh you you want to have access to and why and if somebody can tell me why and i can agree with that then 
I could feel more comfortable with it. And I think as I, as myself, a lot of other people I work with as well. So that would be like the first part. And then the other part would be, um, I, I think this reminder thing that you just mentioned is very interesting. And I think that's super important as well. And uh, a lot of the video chat uh, applications always ask permission for the use of, um, for example, camera and microphone. I, I think something like that is, is very helpful because it's very specific. It's asking for a, a very specific permission. And I think uh, this reminder and not just signing once a contract that you don't read and then give unlimited permission and, until the end of time um, makes it a lot more trust full as well just like this is what we want to know at this point and then every time we want to ask this information again from you or at least on a regular basis we'll be uh asking you again for that same permission i think uh those both the, those those two aspects i think are, are key to uh have people um interested in also collaborating with with this initiative and then maybe something as well that can be helpful to human rights defenders themselves. Uh, how many, from their from their needs point of view, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's not that you're building an anti anti spyware, <laughs> but I think it's super interesting for for people to know how much they are tracked. And I know there's other applications, uh, but but maybe some sort of uh also take away for the people that that give their consent that they can see or have access to that information themselves and that that information also helps to, to helps them to take other decisions or be aware of the risks they face i think i think that could be very interesting as well when you want to collect uh data on on the, uh, from the users Yes, thank you. That's actually a great segue into our next section that I'd like to move into now, which is our workshop session. Um, Moritz, one of the things you had mentioned just now was, you know, is there something helpful that we could offer back to the human rights defenders or back to the person using the app itself? Um, we have some ideas we've been tinkering with. And like I said, this is going to be our workshop session. So the goal is to kind of is to put some of these ideas in front of you guys and um, gauge how you feel about them. If this showed up in an app, how how you would respond um, and what questions or concerns would it cause in you? Uh, so the first is on slide two. <laughs> um, we're showing this kind of typical consent experience, experience where it's like, here's a little bit of what we want to do. You can click OK. You can click in to learn more if you want to know what is actually everything that's happening behind the curtain, everything that we are collecting, um, or you can just agree. This is fairly traditional. So I want to jump into the next one. Um, so for example, I'm going to walk through the user experience, the scenario of this one, since we are on a podcast. Um, imagine that you're using your favorite open source <laughs> app and you get a notification and they're saying, hey, like contribute back toward the app, help, help make it better. And uh, we have these 
we have these insights. Um, and it takes you to this view where you see this is actually showing everything they know about you, um, ever, the type of insights or measurements they're taking. Um, so you could see, for example, how frequently you use the app. So um, this week you've, you've used the app Say meaningfully for at least three minutes or more, 18 times. Um, you've actually opened the app 24 times and maybe you just opened it and shut it or whatnot. Um, but that's, so that's some, some measurements about how frequently you use the app. That would give the team insight into um, how many regular users they actually have. Like, do they just have a bunch of installs and people aren't using it? Or do they actually have people opening it up and using it meaningfully? Um, below that, you would have you, have, you see this toggle, and it's like, share with this team for six months. So there's this notion of like, there's a certain amount of time that you allow the team to know that information, and you totally have the option. Like, you could turn that on or off at any given time, for example. Um, below that, oh, below that is another example of some type of types of information that a team may be interested in measuring, which is giving a sense it's titled popularity. It's giving them a sense of how you what how you use the app, like where you spend your time, what features are popular. Um, and this is getting a little more into detail about how you use it. And there may be some more sensitivities around that data, potentially. Um, I will say all of this, when we talk about data and the type of data collected, all of it has to be within certain app and the expectations that users have within that. So this is a generic use case. <laughs> um, but this is this is one way, for example, that we could design a consent experience. Basically, we're presenting these insights and saying, it's also, you know, maybe helpful. It, maybe this gives useful insights for the user. Maybe it doesn't. But saying this is, this is what, you know, we know, and would you like to actually share that? Um, so at this point, I would like to kind of toss the ball into your courts and ask, how, how does this make you feel? <laughs> and what questions or concerns does it cause in you? Okay. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, now I'm feeling like I'm going to be the... Oh, and also... Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, as you know, which is always super important, please be honest and okay. don't feel like you have to compliment us <laughs> on anything. If you no. hate it, you're like, this is no. terrible. No. You should not do this. No, dude. No. dude. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. I know this is a generic. Uh, this is a generic thing, uh, but okay. Uh, frequency of use, uh, the number of times you've used the app. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm actually looking at a at a point where where um, you find that um, most of the people that we work with uh, they use, um, as I said. Uh, they use uh, the mobile phone like 99% of their time for for activism, okay? And um, one of the things, you know, that we actually try also to to make sure that they they do is uh, they 
they make sure that when they are raided or something like that, their phone doesn't have a record of them using so many things. You know, for example, if someone is going to be uh, um, uh, like raided or taking their mobile device, the device should not be able to disclose that uh, they were using uh, a particular app for so much time or something like that, you know. Uh, because maybe it would you you would have deleted your messages, but the weekly insights are clearly selling you out. You know they're clearly saying, "Dude, you're using this for the past twenty four hours," and uh, that's the number. Then also in terms of um, I, I don't know uh, if uh, these are the things that you'd want to actually to to know, but I'd really want to to, to know why the app is actually. Uh, knowing the number of times I shared my location, you know, because uh, that's also to me, that's really intimate. You know, the, I wouldn't want any app to know that I've shared my location because e even location services, we also try to make sure that it is off like 99% of the time. Uh, but I, I, I do like the point that uh, I can actually be t turning things on and off and uh, I think uh, sh share with the team for six months. Six months is a really long time in activism. Uh, a lot can happen uh, in a day. So I don't know in terms of uh, the, the, the durations, if we can uh, select them from as, at least like a day or something or to a week, to a month, uh, six months or, or a year and someone having the flexibility to turn on and off, but not just to turn, uh, turn on and off the insights, but particular elements of the insights. For example, I can be turning on uh, the frequency use, but uh, turning off my location and turning off my status and turning off the number of times I've checked in with my friends. It was also, you know, I think it's also, it's also the technology, you know, it was only, say, I've checked in with my friends, 22, 22 friends. The next question that I have in my head is like, so do you know the actual friends that I was checking on? And uh, that is now something that freaks me out as well. Uh, I, I think those are my immediate thoughts and um, uh, maybe Moritz, you can share. Uh, yeah, thank you, Tawanda. I, I don't know if you can hear me. You, uh, can you? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I... I um... <laughs> it, like the first, the first uh, thoughts that come up are on uh i think like, again what tawanda said as well and what i said before like why why would you collect specific data and i don't think like the um, yeah there's there's a, there's a lot of questions that come up like uh what what can it be used for and what what there's always this question in my head that pops up like if they say they collect this maybe they can collect other information as well and they don't tell me although um, I I trust in the community. There's this thing in my head that that always pops up, and then uh, I think also what is what Amanda, Tawanda mentioned about uh, your phone being uh, confiscated. 
I think that is a very real risk for a lot of human rights defenders all around the world. So you should definitely build in some sort of protection that, that makes sure that uh, in case that happens, uh, the user of the phone isn't put in more risk. And I was I was thinking more on another, another kind of information that can be useful for um, human rights defenders, uh, more with respect, for example, to uh, all this, uh, at least whenever I talk about spyware and the Pegasus uh, case and um, other forms of spyware, uh, there's always this question about how can I know that I have spyware installed in my phone. So maybe a tracking of uh, battery use and changes in battery use or the use of uh, my microphone or my camera um i i would find that interesting and i and i feel that is a way for human rights defenders for example to know if their phone is compromised or not so maybe the kind of information you could collect uh could be not so much around specific applications but more on for example those kind of uh aspects of of your phone because if there's if there's a sudden change in uh, the use of battery, it's possible that um, there is undetected spyware in my phone that's using the battery or opening um, my microphone or camera without my consent. So I th if, if there's any possibility to connect to that kind of information, I think it's definitely interesting for human rights defenders to have access to that information. Um, I also like the time frame where I do agree with Tawana that six months is a long time. And it's also weird to put it on and off and on and off and on and off for data collection as well. So I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to put it on one day and then have it turned off for seven days and then turn it on again. But if that would work, then you could only then you would only have information on days where I don't do anything with my phone. <laughs> then I would turn it on. <laughs> um, yeah, more or less, I think that's, that those are the thoughts that came up. Sorry, sorry, Kerry. Uh, I, I, I just wanted to add uh, one of the things you know that you can that can be incorporated, um, uh, especially in an app. Like a messaging app or something like that is it's it's something that uh, the community can uh, be happy about. You find that there there are people that you definitely need you know to be checking up uh, up on uh, like regularly, and uh, it can be a, um, like a priority list or something like that. You know, just like a like a weekly insight to say this particular person, but. You, you actually are the one who uh, uh, puts that person maybe on a whitelist to say, okay, this person, uh, I need to at least, you know, be communicating with them once a week or daily or maybe in the next hour because maybe you are you're going out for a protest and something like that and, you, and you'll be needing to be checking uh, your particular people. So it can be something that can be there if it's possible to have a, like a whitelist and it can be part of the insights, you know, that might make uh, it look a bit uh, better.
Yes, thank you for that, Tawanda. Um, Moritz, I also wanted to respond to what you had brought up about the different data points. So like knowing how much battery an app is using. Um, we have, hadn't thought of this from like a spyware detection point of view. Um, but one of the things I'd come up in a conversation with a particular app team was um, knowing how much data the app is using. So in this case, data um, within the context we're working in, data is something that people don't always have or that is super expensive and it's not something, I mean, this is a theme we see across your communities as well, but like it's not something you just want to be wasting, you know? So one one piece of information that's actually useful is to know, well, are we just, are we using, is the app using data in an unmeaningful way? Like, is it connect or is it um, connecting or running in ways that require data that the user is actually not getting anything out of that? Um, so I just, I wanted to share that as a, I mean, it's, it isn't coming from this like spyware angle, but it is providing some information that gives the the user some insight about um, the app and how it's running, but is also a piece of information that helps the team kind of discern, you know, are there any pitfalls? Like, are we just wasting people's data and that's why they're uninstalling the app, for example? Mm. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, and, and I, I, also, I think that that uh, not so much app-related information, but just how, how your phone works. For example, what Tawan and I mentioned about coverage which is so limited, it, it might be interesting as well to see how much, uh, how often there's a switch, with, like just to have an idea of, of cell phone coverage as well with the people you that have the, the application installed. And, and then uh, I think that kind of information can be interesting as well and, and can be used for uh, work around expanding infrastructure, for example. If, if, I make myself clear. Even like, uh, like MC catchers that might turn up. Like, why is there all of a sudden a new cell phone tower that you are connecting to if you didn't move? But then it's, you don't want to control the movement of people. But I don't know. There's this. <laughs> I, I wouldn't like another app controlling movement. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Just <laughs> I just I just threw something in, <laughs> but I take it back. <laughs> I believe we've lost Moritz. Yeah. such a crucial point in his explanation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. About coverage, even, even more uh, ironic. Moritz, if you are back, I think it sounds like you might be, but you were just, um, you dropped right when you were talking about uh, kind of expanding the information or, or infrastructure around coverage and not that we want to track or limit people's freedoms to move around um, but that understanding maybe when they connect to a new cell tower 
and then you dropped. <laughs> okay. Um, let's move. Let's move on, and then once more it gets back on, we'll kind of loop back. Uh, Tawanda, are you still with us? Yes, uh, I'm still here. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if if you move on to that second slide, so there's another thought. Like we've kind of had this week, like weekly or like insights notion. The other where you collect maybe a few different things. The other thing we've been experimenting around is um, just collecting like one thing, for example. So, and making it more interactive. So in this case, um, again, this is specific. This would be specific to the app. So this is just an example. But this is something, for example, that I notice on Signal with me. Um, I have uh, quite a few contacts that don't have names or just phone numbers. Um, because I haven't gone in and named them or added them as official contacts. And going through that process is actually um, quite a few steps. So one thing that could happen is that the app could kind of pick up on things, on patterns or things that they can observe in someone's use and show that and say, ah, oh, we noticed this. Uh, would you like to help make that better? And by saying like, yes, um, you're deciding to send that information back to the team. Um, that's the idea behind this uh, this scenario. Okay, uh, I think um, uh, my immediate thought is uh, definitely this uh, can can be something that uh, I would personally love to work with. You know, because uh, uh, you find that why I would love that is that um, I would have already trusted the app, you know, that at least it's going to uh, be making sure that I will use it better. And hence, you know, it's picking up, you know, some of the uh, my 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 behaviors and uh, and doing some suggestions you know in terms of uh, the usability of the app i think it's something that i'll be okay with uh, because uh, it definitely it is something that is interesting you know to make sure that i'm also using the app right and uh, i'm not going to then get frustrated and then uninstall it without giving feedback to the developer uh, could could you repeat the question to me as well? I'm 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 back. Yes, can you hear me, Moritz? I can hear you. Uh, hello. Yes, I can hear you. Okay, wonderful. Thank mm. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have moved on to slide four, which is showing another scenario, potential scenario, where someone could be asked for consent, and in it. There's one one thing that the app kind of observes within how you're using it, and it's surfacing that to you and saying, oh, like we notice we're noticing this. Would you like to help? Would you like that to be better?" And then as a user, you have full choice and control over saying like yes or no. Basically, I'm giving. Ay, perdón. Yeah, no problem. No problem. 
Um, no, I'm, I'm making it. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So um, I'm, yes. I'm looking at slide four. Um, just to better understand the use of this application as well. It's not an application. It's going to be on GitHub and any uh, developer can integrate it within its own application, right? The application is is can be integrated in, in any other application, right? So I I think this uh, from what I understand, but but this uh, yeah it can it it can be double as well. It can feel a little intrusive if if it just pops up uh, out of the blue. But if I've given consent before on the specific use of of my phone with respect to um, my networks and my my details, um, it it could work. I'm sorry, we're in the COVID nineteen epidemic lockdown, and now I have a daughter that is. <laughs> Asking for my attention. <laughs> so that's why uh, that this is that that's why that's why everything is 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 moving. Uh, that's why my answer is a little mixed up. But um, yeah, with respect to number four, uh, it does feel a little intrusive. Great, thank you. Okay, we are, we're going to wrap up. I know that we, you guys have given so much time to us already today, and I want to be aware of the family demands that you have as well. Um, so I just, I want to say thank you. Your, as I kind of mentioned early on, this is a process. Um, we certainly, nothing, certainly nothing is perfect. These are all starting points for us. And um, your input on this is so, so valuable and so helpful. And um, I hope that we're able to speak again um, as we kind of move through this and develop some more solid ideas. But um, truly, truly thank you for your input and your perspective. Um, and before we go, I will just open up for any final thoughts that anyone would like to share. Uh, thanks, uh, Kerry. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to to give feedback on slide number five. Oh, you're hilarious! <laughs> you are hilarious. <laughs> okay, uh, I always got an issue with uh, with um, with an app that just says, "Oops, something wrong has happened." You know. At least tell me what has happened. You know, just say something more. You know, to say okay, it seems like you lost connection. Uh, it seems like uh, you we couldn't upload something. You know, just say something. You know, for me to get an idea of what went wrong. You know, was leaving me in the dark. You know, I didn't wonder. Okay, so what am I actually sending for you to then uh, like verify to say uh, this is uh, uh, that was the thing that was actually wrong with uh, the app. But anyway, that, that was just my, my, my feedback uh, pertaining to that. Then I think my last, uh, my last uh, remarks really is uh, 
thank you so much for this process. I think it's really, really important uh, for you to get as much um, feedback from uh, the various types of people within the community. Um, because I think uh, one of the selling points is that uh, everything that is done uh, like transparently uh, builds more trust. And I think the community that we we support and uh, the communities that we're we going to be um, uh, like supporting in the future all depend on us, you know, based on the issues of trust. So once we we agree on that and say, okay, we are we we need to then do the analytics of open source. Let's also be hundred percent transparent as we were when we were uh, actually starting to 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 develop uh, these apps, because the thing is, I, I always laugh at, at this because sometimes it's just a word, you know. Tawanda said, "Use this app," you know, and people then say, "Okay, no, it's fine. Let's use it," you know, because it's it, it, it's a matter of they them trusting us the same way we say if okay thanks is going to say okay guys we've done our job and this is what is being done we are going to just say okay okay thanks has has endorsed this and the guardian project has endorsed this so definitely we can throw it to the people but i think that we we should always have that in the back of our minds that we need to make sure that we get it right because if things go bad, you know, then the whole chain is going to go down to, to, to the last person who's on the front line in terms of like activism, who depends on our uh, like knowledge and our feedback on the use of certain apps for their work. But thank you so much for this time. Yeah, I, I just wanted to thank you as well. And uh... I think Tawanda said uh, this very, very beautiful, and 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 just wanted to uh, to to put the confidence part so much in the center on in all of this, no, and that it's uh, that we're building circles of trust, and then if uh, because of a technology te technological failure. Uh, this confidence is broken then there's this there, there's direct um, threats for people in the field but then there's also circles of trust that are are being affected no and i think um uh, yeah this is a, a very nice way of of building collectively and uh, i'm more than willing and also with other people from the ground if you would like to talk to them to see uh, how they can put it, or give input or or, or opinions on um, on the process and the project you're working on, um, and I think sometimes I I, I, I like a lot to I come around I like to um, think a lot on. And how can we use the tools uh, of the people or of the of the companies that we sometimes don't agree with, but that are very useful maybe for us as well? And how can we use those tools by uh, with through a transparent way as well? No, and and uh, in a way that 
doesn't put human rights defenders in risk. So I think, uh, yeah, it's 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 a very important initiative and also to build conscience again on how much is being tracked and analyzed on what we do and how we do it. Um, no, that that it's that it's very important to do this exercise and. Uh, uh, be aware again of of the amount of information that's being collected by by uh, companies and 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 others and then uh, just investigate and and experiment on how to do this a different way no and and what comes out um, can be used by others uh, within open source applications but it could also be a way to um demand or 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 ask uh, companies to be more aware of their data the use of of data and analysis no so i think it's it's a very important exercise and and i think it's very uh beautiful the way you try to involve people from the field as well which i think often lacks and um count me in and and if there's the possibility to have other people from other regions come in on this process as well um i can help out or find or, or be a bridge or or see if there's any other way i can collaborate and uh, thank you again uh, yes, I just, I mean, I've been mostly silent and listening because that is so important, um, for part of, for our process is just to listen, um, and hear from really the community. And so I just want to say thank you to both of you again for, uh, spending time with us, uh, for your, your willingness to offer up time amidst COVID and family demands. Um, but also just within the community, the work that each one of you do is so vital and important. And, um, I, yeah, I love that this is a way we can work to build those circles of trust. And I think maintaining it, um, and fostering it through transparency and participatory kind of um, processes like this is uh, what we hope to continue to do and do more of. So just thank you for being a part because it's it's vital to really hear and to get feedback. And, and when we're experimenting, this is like the time to do it, I think. And so um, the more opportunities we have, to uh, hear and listen from one another the hopefully the better outcomes we we will find <laughs> so i just wanted to say thank you really and um can't wait to be able to reunite in person same yeah for our dance circles not just our circles of trust but our dance circles <laughs> True. I was going to say that earlier more. It's like, yes and amen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, thank you all. I'm going to stop the recording. I mean, I mean. Okay.